Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors Worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior Community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. I'm so glad you've joined us. Thanks so much, Vic, for being Willing to share your story to HSC. Hi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, welcome. Of course. It's so great to talk with you. So why don't you tell us a little more about your diagnosis story and how you came to find HSCT? Sure. Um, I was diagnosed in 2019 in the summer uh, with RRMS. And uh, I, it was, it was bad. It was devastating. I had no idea what MS really was. That's when I started my research. Um, I uh, got in contact with a fellow uh, industry pro, and he referred me to someone else. At the same time of my research, they found your podcast and oh. began listening. Oh wow! To it. Yeah, so I really got interested in what was going on with HSCT. And my friend in the industry referred me to another person who had it done almost 10 years ago now. Oh, wow. So I talked to him, and he was in, back then, was in really bad shape. He had several autoimmune diseases, and... uh had the procedure done in Russia and is doing very well now. That was um, a long time ago. So just talking with him, listening to your podcast and other items really began to um, start my mind in researching HSCT. That's awesome that so, you were able to connect with someone so early in your diagnosis. Yeah, no kidding. Um, it took me, what, eight months, something like that. And when I made my decision, I still, uh, I was still researching. So, when I made my decision, I was scheduled to go in in July, but COVID hit. Of course it did. <laughs> yeah, and it delayed everything. Mm. So I got my HSCT in October, and now I'm almost five months post. Nice, nice. Yeah. And so you went, where did you go? Did you go to Russia or did you go to Mexico? I went to Mexico, Puebla. Um, that is a decision was because of, of uh, because I, there was no language for a year mm. and it was a shorter flight for me. So Sure. And I also talked with family members, and they all said that Mexico was the right choice. And it really was. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Those folks there in Klingonikatwis, uh, I felt safe the entire time I was there. 
they were so good and knowledgeable about everything. And um, I also really enjoyed the company of my caregiver, Jay. And um, everything went like clockwork. Nice. So they were great. The facility was super clean and all the staff were on top of everything and they were good people in general. Sure. Well, yeah. And so I think you're the first one we've interviewed post-transplant who has been with a caregiver hired in Puebla. So why don't you tell us a little more about that experience? Sure. Um, Originally, when I went, my brother went with me. He was supposed to be my caregiver. We were tested for COVID and came out positive. Oh. So, yeah. It was. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It was really bad. Now, um, my brother had it in the summer and then. Uh, when we got it, he was signed, by the way. Um, he was able to get a, an Airbnb after we discussed um, what to do. Um, Dr. Ruiz sent me a video, and I had to watch it twice. They had canceled my treatment because it was too dangerous. Sure. And that was beyond devastating. Um, so my, yeah, yeah, was. So my brother was able, within a few minutes, able to find an Airbnb who could take us and we quarantined there for a month. No going outside, no nothing. What did and, you do for and, food? Oh, my gosh. He cooked. Man, he was good. <laughs> uh, we ordered from um, several places, and my brother cooked while we stayed. So we were okay. Um, Sometimes it was mentally tough. I bet. And, yeah, I got into a routine that helped in past the time. And uh, once we were done, he had to go back um, and was I hired a caregiver at Puebla. I'm sorry, Clint got me um, They were us. Uh, it was mandated that the caregivers had to be 24-7. And it's a good thing, too. Um, yeah, yeah, very they, good thing. Yeah, they paired me up with a, a caregiver. His name was Jay. Everyone called him Jay. It was easier. Um, Jay was also a uh, physical therapist. And kept me on schedule with my medications. Wonderful. That was so good. And he was very encouraging and um, made sure I stayed hydrated, uh, especially during chemo. Right. That's so important. Yeah. And... um, there were times where I needed help, and Jay was there to help. No questions, no nothing. And um, he ordered things for me uh, from the staff because my dysarthria was really bad. My ability to speak. It was really bad, but he was great. The other caregivers were awesome, um, who were taking care of the other patients. Everyone was so good. So did you get to, like, meet others 
while you were there? I know in the past, pre-COVID, people used to meet on the rooftop for meals. And in fact, I did. And uh, we even had a head treating ceremony. Nice. It was so cathartic. Um, I bet. Yeah, I have my head sheets already. I keep it like that. Um, anyway. So I took pictures. I'm a photographer, and I took pictures of the ceremony. And it really helped bond us. And it was great. So... I really enjoyed their company. Now, um, I am a little antisocial, and I felt really wrong physically while I was there because my MS was so aggressive. And I stayed in touch with them. So that was so good. Yeah, well, you find that commonality and realize you're not alone, even though your oh, experience yes. is different, right? You're not alone yes. in this battle. Yes, and that is something that I highly recommend anyone going through this. Bond, if you can, with the other patients because they're going through the exact same treatment at the exact same time. And they're something of a support group. For sure. Yeah. I yeah. Didn't, there was one mm-hmm. other person in Chicago at the same time as me being transplanted, but she was almost through everything by the time mm-hmm. I was there. And she like walked past my room and I think I just caught a glimpse of her but there inevitably there were nurses or someone in my room and so we never really got to connect other than online Mm -hmm. are you still in touch with her somewhat i mean i see her i think she's considering herself a non-responder and Mm -hmm. has since started uh maybe okravis so i mean i'm you know, Facebook friends, but it's different Mm -hmm. than it's definitely a different experience connecting with folks online than it is in person. So it's amazing that you got to be with people in Pueblo like that. What was nice is that, well, we still communicate. And a few weeks ago, we had a Zoom call where we got to talk to each other. Nice. That was so amazing. They're good people, and they under—they really understand. Yeah, where you are with everything. Yes. And so you—you so, you mentioned your MS was very aggressive. Do you? Can you tell mm-hmm. us about your symptoms leading up to your diagnosis? I made a laundry list of my symptoms. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I mean, I had an aggressive form too, so I can laugh, right? Because it is like, yeah, it's terrible. Um, It is. Now, I was diagnosed with remitting RRMS, recursive remitting, um, but I never had a remission it was steady all the way Mm. so it looks like i had primary progressive sure have sorry have right now my symptoms back then were um some of these continue like my handshake is very bad sometimes now, I'm also an artist, and I can't draw any more because of my handshake. Um, That's got to be tough. It is. Um, part of that is my writing is now unrecognizable, and I'm practicing to correct that. Sure. I had a severe double vision. Um 
I was, my back pain was awful. It was mostly concentrated in my lower back, worse in the morning. Then uh, last summer, it began to extend into my legs. Mm. Um, oh, the nerve pain was really bad, uh, especially when it got cold and wet, which happens often where I live. Oh, um, right. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. My dysarthria, as you can hear, was a lot worse. People tell me it's better now. They can understand me. I no longer sound drunk. Oh, just right. slow. Yeah, just slow. Um, my cognitive abilities took a severe hit. I was not able to concentrate for very long. Um, my ability to communicate also took a severe hit. Now, that to me was really bad because I'm also a professor. Mm. That was so, that was awful. So bad. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm a professor too. And yeah, I can't imagine. Oh, what do you teach? Yeah, right. We're bonded that way. I teach, I teach ethical leadership right now. Whoa, that's so cool. Yeah, thanks. What do you teach? I teach visual effects for film. Awesome. And I I used to teach photography. Amazing. Photography is in your blood. You'll never get rid of it. I believe that, too. I took photography in high school. And I still have my old school Nikon. It's it's mm-hmm. old, way before SLR cameras. Um, oh yeah, I I learned on film back as well. Yeah, I used so. to work at a photo lab too. That was like really? one of my first jobs out of high school. That was a lot mm-hmm. of fun processing photos for now, people. I, I'm also a bit colorblind, so my photo teacher told me to concentrate on black and white. Well, there you go. And yeah, I, I'm, I consider myself pretty good. I've seen some of your photos online. I'd say Thank you're you. pretty good as well. I, I hope so. Um, so uh, back to my... Uh, yeah, sorry, sidetrack. It's okay. Um, I had... Uh, my walking really took a hit. It became slower and slower. It was more difficult to walk. I used to um, bike frequently. Uh, 20 miles to me was no big deal. Now uh, I can barely walk two blocks sure it's it's getting better and i remember the days that this was no problem um oh something that i did not expect uh my apathy really began to grow when i was served before hsct and I didn't expect that. So tell me more um, about that. So I stopped caring mm. about so much. I did not care how I looked. I didn't care, well, if I lived or whatever. It, it struck me as strange. Because I used to care for so much. Like, um, I don't know when that was at the worst. Uh, I, I just, I have no idea how it got that way. So, 
That's not something uh, you can control, right? No, it wasn't. It was just something that happened. And that was very unexpected. Um, oh, mem- my, oh, man. There were memory holes that began to grow. And these were random. I'm still not able to remember certain things, and I'm having some difficulty learning new skills. Um, example, I can't remember my first date with my wife. Oh, wow. Stuff like, yeah, stuff like that. And, well... When I go back to uh, look for some memories, they're gone. These are items that I did not expect to lose at all. And I consider that part of who I am. And I can't remember. Yeah. How does that feel? Awful. It feels awful now i try to reconstruct it um like uh for example i can't remember meeting my best friend and she described our first meeting and it was like um watching a uh old just tape a bad copy of a bad copy mm-hmm. of a bad copy. Mm-hmm. And I was merely watching it, not a participant. Sure. I'm merely an observer. And it was awful because I feel like there was stolen from me. Sure. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, oh, hot and cold I was not able to regulate my own body temperature and I it went so far that I couldn't identify hot and cold things for example I do remember one morning when I was drinking coffee I thought it was cold, so I heated it to a point that I thought was okay. What I didn't know is that it was burning the myosophagus because it was super hot. I couldn't help. My wife noted that I was drinking extremely hot coffee. So, yikes. I, it was scary. Simply couldn't identify hot versus cold. I remember some of that too. And like it, just not being able to tell if the water in the shower was hot or the yes. water I was washing dishes yes. with was hot. Exactly. It almost felt uh, cold, right? Like the hotter it was, it almost felt cold. Right? (laughs) I totally get that. Yeah. Um, uh, One of the worst things was that I I felt more and more useless the further I think. So... And it's so quick. I mean, you were just yeah. diagnosed in 2019. So, yeah. like, when were when did all of this begin for you, and how quickly did it progress um, until you got that diagnosis? Well, my doctor looked at my MRI, and there was a very old lesion, and I remember having what the doctors thought was. Um, Labyrinthitis. I was so dizzy, I couldn't stand without puking. And um, my doctors looked at it 
And he said, this is probably your first episode. That was in 2009. Then uh, all symptoms stopped uh, until 2018 when uh, my eyesight went wonky. It went really wonky. My, one of my eyes on Barbara which one one of my eyes got way better within a few days. My other eye went really bad. And that was of grave concern. So I went to my optometrist and she was very concerned. She sent me to an ophthalmologist that she knew. However, by the time I got to him, my eyes were again back to the way they were. That was about three weeks. And it's horrible how long we have to wait yeah. for these appointments. Yes. Yes. Um, he couldn't find anything wrong at all. Then I went back to my optometrist and she said, you, need, you really need to see your uh, GP. He sent me to get an MRI, and that was uh, early 2019. And on my birthday, he called me that I needed to come in ASAP. Within a few days, I was in his office, and he told me he thinks I had MS. Uh, due to my uh, MRIs, but he couldn't give me a diagnosis, so he referred me to a neurologist who could. Hmm. So, and happy, that was happy birthday. Oh, yeah, I know, right? So it was, yeah, not fun. And uh, I'm so sorry. I had to. It's okay. I had to wait a long time to see the neurologist who sent me for a new set of her MRIs just to make sure, and she gave me a diagnosis. I mean, all your symptoms really add up and point to that. It's amazing that they want another MRI with the machine they know so that they can feel more confident. It just, it doesn't make sense to me why they, A, wait so long, (laughs) and B, just need to repeat these tests based on your symptomology leading up to that point. I mean, everything ticks the boxes. Yes. By that time I saw her, I was already using a cane every day, and uh, my eyesight was really wonky. I was starting to get a more permanent double vision. Yikes, that's terrible. Yeah, it was awful and scary, etc., so so you started doing research and you found HSCT. Yes. And so did you yes. talk to your neurologist about HSCT? And if so, what did they say? Well, now um, I did talk to three of them. Um, the first one I didn't care for who gave me my uh, diagnosis she was way too far away so i chose a different one that was closer than good i knew immediately she would not be supportive because of all the pharma stuff in her office Mm. she decorated everything in pharma wow now, my coronarologist, he was of the mindset, just be careful, go in with both eyes open. 
okay, fine. Then I went to another neurologist, and he said that HSCT was a scam. Mm. And he was completely against it. Wow. Yeah, what struck me the most was that I had to make a decision in a couple of days of what DMD to take. Right. Based off of some some marketing pamphlets. Mm-hmm. It does. It strikes me that they don't consider our chemistry or our yes. blood type yes. or how or, that drug might interact with yeah. our chemical yeah. makeup and our individual bodies. Right. And um, they completely dismiss all the eight months of research I did on HSCT. Mm. So I had to choose two days worth of looking at marketing pamphlets versus eight months of hardcore research. So, yeah. Now, the other thing that really, another thing that really bugged me, my DMD costs 9K a month. Wow. For, yeah, it was, it was bad. Now, um, the fortunate part was that my insurance covered a giant chunk of it. However, I don't understand that uh, HSCT is an option, should be an option, one time, one cost versus the cost of the drug I was taking that did not make me feel better. And if it... <laughs> is administered over your lifetime or until it stops working for you. Yes. Those, those monthly costs just add up. Yes. And I, and I continue to decline and my teaching was in peril. So that prompted me to do further research into HSCT. And I really liked what I saw and heard. So my decision was made, then COVID hit. Sure. And then you tested positive, and so it was yeah. delayed a bit for that. So. It was delayed by 23 days, yet um, I still went in. Now, uh, Dr. Lee said that uh, in the video that they would offer me a full refund or be in the next group for sure. I chose the latter because I knew I'd have to be in quarantine for two weeks anyway. Right, coming so, back, yeah. Right, so I decided to, my brother and I decided it would be best for me to stay. So. And so then your brother it, just had other obligations and had to go back home? Yes. And that's He why has... Yeah, he had a new family, so oh, wow. He, yeah, he had to go back. I wasn't gonna keep him, and uh, I knew that the that clinic at Luisa was offering a caregiver, uh, so I decided we decided that he should go back. I'll save and get a caregiver, and then my brother came back to get me, so. There you go, to travel home. Yeah, so he came back to get me. We came back to the States. He went home. I went home, so. Nice. Everything worked out well. Yeah, it's nice to have family there as a part of your mm -hmm. journey. 
I think the best part was, as you said, um, connecting with other patients. That was more important than I could realize at that time. Sure. Yeah. Now, since uh, uh, the uh, HSCT procedure, we have held each other up and we celebrate the small victories that will lead to a big one. Beautiful. So, That's beautiful. Yeah. It's an unexpected outcome of HSCT. It really is. And I encourage anyone who gets it done, especially if it's uh, away from the U.S., to connect with others because it's easier to stay in contact with them these days. So, yeah. And as I said, they are some of the few people who truly understand what you went through because they went through the exact same thing at the same time. So why was it important for you to participate in the podcast? I wanted to, let me think here, how do I say No one should go through this at all. Period. No one. If they do, then they need to know there's another option that then what this system will tell you. But you have to do your research. It's important to me to let others know that there is another option. Yeah, that's why we're and, here. Yeah, and I'll do what I can to inform them. And so how's it going? Five and a half months post-transplant. What are uh, you noticing? So <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm noticing not much from the inside, but uh, my wife and other people tell me that I'm way better. That's One amazing. Thing I, yeah, it is. The first thing my brother said when he got me was that I'm able to focus better. My wife has told me that I can go up and down the stairs a little faster. My father-in-law told me that I'm able to walk better. So... They're noticing. It's, That's amazing. Yeah. It's tough from a first-person perspective. Yes. Because after HSCT uh, is that roller coaster of healing. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's so important to keep that perspective that yes. the whole point oh, is yeah. to halt progression, yes. right? And so... Yes. Even these no. micro improvements, it's amazing that I, I keep saying amazing because it's great that other people notice. Yes. Now, one thing I have noticed for sure, I have not taken any DMDs since uh, June of, of last year. And how does so, that feel? Oh, man, it feels amazing. And the one thing that I definitely notice is that I don't have the weight of anus on my shoulders. So that is helping a great deal. Well, sure. Um, yeah. Just the wondering yeah. of, is mm -hmm. this going away? Am I going to get better? Yes. It is such a heavy and weight. It is. And, uh, that weight is not with me. I have noticed that I'm able to concentrate a little bit better. Um, I'm able to 
talk to people a little bit better, Mike. This area notwithstanding, um, I sure again. I that's huge. I, yeah, I have a much deeper empathy now than before. So, um, that's amazing. Yeah. It's little things. Um, for example, um, I do feel less stress. Good. And yeah, I that is something that I didn't expect. Um, I no longer have double vision. Mm. In fact, uh, about twenty-four hours after. After my HSCT, my double vision stopped. Wow. Yeah, it was really weird. My caregiver said that my general attitude was better. I was able to tie my shoe easier. I had great difficulty before, among other things. So... Yeah, it's it's so amazing what that even just that first dose of chemo when it knocks out yes. inflammation, how much yes. that alleviates in our bodies. Like I remember yes. I was able to actually bend my toe for the first time in probably 6 years. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't bend my toes at all or like scrunch them up and release them. At all. Really? I couldn't. I just had zero control. Like the connection was just not there. And now, well, now three and a half years later, they're even stronger and I can actually really articulate all of them. And no, they used to like curl up in my shoe and really make it tough to walk. And even post-transplant, it would happen. But Mm -hmm. three and a half years later now that they're much more at ease. See, now that is something that I have difficulty seeing is where I'm going to be in three half years. Yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. Um, And I think anyone uh, would be, would have similar thoughts on Yeah, because you hope for improvement and going into it, you try and keep that realistic perspective that the whole point is to halt progression. If I don't get better, that's okay. I just won't be getting worse. And that's the point. I do understand that um, even after HSCT, if you're a non-responder, the DMDs will work better. That's something that um, the whole three-and-a-half-year thing, I have difficulty with because I'm very impatient with myself. I have a great deal of patience with others, yet not myself. So I need to remember the small steps will lead to a better one. Uh, Yeah, add up over time. I think from my perspective, three and a half years out, it's easy to have a tough day and Mm -hmm. think the worst because that's where Mm -hmm. my brain always used to go and that's the old pattern and that's the old habit. And Mm -hmm. you still have to work at reversing that because then the next day it's like, oh, okay, I'm not getting worse. It's just that there was a cold front moving in yesterday and the weather was wonky and the barometric pressure really threw me off. Yes. Stuff fact, I can't uh, see, right? Like there's so much to be said for that invisible yes. outside in the universe. Something's happening. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. And there's a real energy out there that can really throw us off that we don't always necessarily pay attention to. Right. Now, um, I did get a barometric pressure absolute, and I'm looking at it every day awesome. because of minor pain. I know exactly when it drops, at what pressure it will drop to where minor is so 
activating in a bad way. Fascinating. See? Yeah, you're doing the research. Yeah. So. And so, yeah, are you tracking that over time to notice? I am. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So yes. maybe that'll help remember yes. when I'm, it would fluctuate really, that much? Yeah. I'm really hoping so. I think patience will help you find your way. Yeah. Yes. And I'm the worst person to have patience with myself. And so did and HSCT help you find some of that? It did. Um, I, one of the things that they really helped me with, even though I knew about it, was taking one, one day at a time, not, not looking too far ahead, concentrate on the now so that you, you can get to the next stage of where you're going. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And it really helps. Uh, I didn't realize it be before. And so is that a superpower that you've gained in your experience, or is there something else? Oh, something else. I've, I've been thinking about this uh, listening awesome. to your podcast. Um. I think the superpower I gained is uh, my uh, my resolve. My resolve is now unbreakable. Mm. And uh, I went through some things that nobody should go through. So I want to make sure that Others know that they can make it through. Mm, that's so beautiful. And uh, it's really odd when you're staring down the barrel of immortality, uh, things become clearer in perspective. Yes. So, yeah. It's not very often that we have the opportunity to ponder that mortality. Yes. Right. So you begin to reevaluate what is really important. So, yeah. So, what have you found to be really important? Oh, my family, for sure. Um, it starts with my wife, my son, my, my father-in-law, and goes out from there. The immediate family first, then my friends, and it goes out from there. It's the people you love who have supported you that really... Matters anyway. Well, and holding those relationships. Yes, and um, it goes out from there. For example, uh, I find my art even more important now, and I feel the need to share my art even more. It's inspiring. Right, that it, yeah, you found this yeah. inspiration to connect with others and help others find connection to your experience. I hope so. I really hope so. Well, I believe that. And yeah, I think maybe it's part of your increased uh, empathy, right? And I, hope, I think so. I just want to make sure that I do right by other people. By showing them that there is another way. Beautiful. That's why we're here. Yes. And I really appreciate the podcast and the story of other people because that helped my decision. Mm. 
I'm was, so grateful that people are willing to share yeah. their stories. Yeah. The folks here are awesome. And I encourage anyone who is struggling with the, the HSCT decision to hear other people's stories because other people's experience can influence your own. Indeed. It's that perspective, right? Yes. And I think opening your mind to recognize not just the experience, but the reality of the disease. Yes. And, um, it also helps to talk with other people who are close to you about what you're going through, not trying to tackle this on your own. Mm. And that was a mistake I made thinking I could do this on my own. Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But hey, at least you're open to learning. Yeah. And I hope other people are too. If they haven't already. Well, that's so, it it is such an important lesson. Yes, it is. And um, other people, in my opinion, should rely on people who are close to them uh, to help, even as uh, little as researching or scheduling. Because I guarantee anyone with MS, the cognitive function is going to go downhill. So if you have someone else on your side to help take care of things, the better. Yeah, it can be so such a vulnerable place to be when you're diagnosed and all of this is happening and you don't understand why it's happening to you. Right. And there's no and control. I mean, our, the lesions decide to show up wherever they oh, do. Yeah. Without, oh, yeah. If only we could influence them. Yeah, no kidding. Admitting that you're vulnerable is one of the hardest things to do. Mm. Yet, it is one of the best things you can do. Yeah, it's so important. Mm. Yes, absolutely. It's tough. Yet you have, you should do it because, because it will help in the end. Not just you, but others. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you for helping us remember that. Thank you. Thank you for helping me. Yeah, I'm so glad you found the podcast and that it was helpful for you. you. And I'm so grateful to everyone before you who's shared their story. I I really hope others within us listen because it's important. Well, I'm just grateful that you're sharing your story. Thank you. Appreciate that. Oh, my gosh. And willing to serve as a Talk to a Warrior volunteer. We'll be totally. So glad to connect I, you with others. Yeah. Very, very willing to talk to others about my experience and help them make a decision that is best for them. Yeah, because it's all about sharing more information to help people make their own best informed decision. Yes. It's a, it's a cliche, but it's true. The more you know, the better you're going to be. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. So what are you grateful for that has gone unspoken? Um, <laughs> that I'm around right now. 
What my faculties about me? Am I able to think clearly even though I can't speak clearly? Not yet, anyway. Um, I'm grateful for attaining the memories I still have and that I was able to stop the loss of the memories. I'm grateful to be able to eventually see my son graduate from high school. Mm. He just got in. Um, so... I'm grateful that my wife and I are able to continue uh, for a longer time and that I don't have to see them suffer because of my disability. So... Yeah, it's tough to feel like a burden to anyone. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you're not. I'm sure they assure you. I'm sure they tell you that you're not a burden and they love to take care of you. It's just, it's 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 so tough to be robbed of your independence. It is. Um, I know I was a burden. Well, I think I was because... I have to see it, see them go through certain things, sacrifices that they wouldn't normally make. Well, they love you. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Um, so I'm, that is something I'm totally grateful for. I'm grateful to connect with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And if there is anything more I can do to help you, you let me know. We will for sure. I'm so thrilled for you that you that COVID didn't take away your opportunity to go through HSCT and that you found <laughs> such a... You and me both. Yeah. And that you found such an amazing experience at Clinica Ruiz. Yeah, it was a hell of a ride. (laughs) And not impossible. Right. Thanks so much for sharing your journey with us. Thank you for asking me to uh, share it. Be sure to visit our website where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources and the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Allitzauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It has been so great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us online, on Instagram, or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well. Jen Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician.